today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. That verse I just read you in Galatians chapter 5, it has played out over the last 2,000 years since the Apostle Paul was inspired to write it. It has played out in a myriad of ways. Many a church destroyed. Many a pastor and his family destroyed. Many a church destroyed. Many a family destroyed. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Hebrews. In today's message, Pastor J.D. is going to be sharing about how the things written in Scripture are applicable even to this day. Our world is facing many things today that the Bible warned us of over 2,000 years ago. That's why it's so vital to constantly stay in the Word and apply it every day. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. I'll put it into modern day terms, at these potlucks at Calvary Chapel, Corinth, <laughs> they weren't allowed to eat. And that was the only meal some of them got all week. Because when they decided to follow Jesus, they lost everything, their jobs, their families, their friends. They were disowned. They lost their livelihood. And so that meal at church, that feast, that potluck, if you prefer, was the only meal that some of them would have all week, the only real meal. And they were starving, and they would go hungry. And here's the Lord through the Apostle Paul saying, wait a minute, they're part of the body. That's my body. You're depriving my body. You're not discerning the body. You're mistreating the body. You you fancy yourself as being and thinking more highly of yourself than you ought. You fancy yourself as being indispensable in the body of Christ, because after all, look at who you are. And here's this person over here. And you won't let them eat and partake of the eating and the drinking. That's why it rose, again I'm getting ahead of myself, that's why it rose to the level that it did, as we're going to see now. Okay, so leaders, Christians, let's talk about the church as a whole. Here's the third why, lastly. A church can either be united in love or divided by conflict. Now, if we're a body, one body, united together, functioning together. By the way, this is probably as good of a time as any. Just real quick, if you don't mind. The best illustration I ever heard about the assembling together of the body of believers was that of taking a watch and all of the parts to that watch and just gathering them there here on my pulpit. Nothing is functioning. Nothing is operating. Those parts have to be assembled. 
all of the intricate springs and little parts the, that function together, then when they're assembled, not just gathered, when they're assembled, they become one, and they're united, and they're functioning together. You know what they call cells in the body that are not united? Cancer. Cancer. And in a sense, this is a a spiritual cancer that has the potential to spread within the body, just as cancer spreads in the human body, so too can a spiritual cancer of division spread throughout the body of Christ. And it's just a matter of time when it does. That's what's at stake here. This is why this is so serious. First Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. Please, when I read this, and you follow along, please hear this as the Apostle Paul, I mean, he is pleading, he's begging them, and he's just starting out the epistle. This is in the first chapter. Of course, there were no chapter breaks in the original, you know, manuscripts and, and letters. They, they came later, but this is early on in his letter. And verse 10 of chapter 1, he says, Now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind, and in the same judgment. In other words, come together, unite yourself together. Don't be divided. Don't let there be divisions among you. I mean, he's, he's pleading with, and by the way, I know this is going to mess up your image of the Apostle Paul as being this, you know, this is the Apostle Paul we're talking about. He cried like a man. Oh, he says, Acts chapter 20, that he wept three years, every day, all day, every night, all night. He wept for them, <laughs> pardon me. Why? Because he knew that after he left, there was going to be those from within their own numbers, their own midst, that would come in as wolves in sheep's clothing, and they wouldn't spare the flock. And he loved them so much. And he wanted to protect them from that which he knew would happen to them if division was allowed. Well, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to actually take you to Galatians chapter 5 verse 15. We'll come back to 1 Corinthians. Here the Apostle Paul is writing, and this is towards the end of this letter, and apparently this was an issue there for the Christians in Galatia. Listen to what he says by the Holy Spirit. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. What are you guys doing? You keep doing this, you're going to destroy each other. You keep backbiting and gossiping and slandering and fighting. You're going to destroy one another. You know what's sad? 
That verse I just read you in Galatians chapter 5, it has played out over the last 2,000 years since the Apostle Paul was inspired to write it. It has played out in a myriad of ways. Many a church destroyed. Many a pastor and his family destroyed. Many a church destroyed. Many a family destroyed. Many a marriage destroyed. Why? Because of this. Backbiting, divisions, gossiping. You know, I find it very interesting that when the Apostle Paul does his grocery list, you know what I'm talking about? Where he starts listing the deeds of the flesh. He starts listing in Galatians the things that if you practice these things, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. To the Romans he writes, and he, he, he's got these grocery lists, I'll call them that. And I, I mean, on these lists you have things like murder. Well, I can understand that. Murder, adultery, sexually immoral, and then, oh, gossiping. What? What's that doing on the same list as murder, adultery, sexual immorality, gossiping? Yeah. Why? Because that's as much of a threat to the body of Christ as anything else, if not more so. And that's why it's included in that list. I think it's Proverbs, we were just talking about this in chapter, I want to say chapter 7. It might be chapter 6, where Solomon by the Holy Spirit writes six things the Lord hates. That's his list. Seven that are an abomination to him. Abomination? Yeah, that's not a word we use very much nowadays, right? What's the seventh on that list? The one who sows discord amongst the brethren. That's an abomination. May I suggest that the reason we see the seventh like that being an abomination, the spreading of discord, the reason why we see gossiping and slander in the same list as murder, there is a reason for it, you know. That's what split heaven when Lucifer sowed discord and exalted himself. So if that can happen in heaven, it can happen on earth. It's a textbook case of divide and conquer. In fact, we had an update not too long ago by that same title. It's textbook, divide and conquer. Jesus said, a house divided cannot stand. He did not say a house divided may not stand. No, he said it cannot. It is impossible. A house divided cannot stand. A body divided, that's a sick body and it's going to die. It's going to be destroyed if it's divided. The cells divide and they come against each other. They're going to destroy each other. Okay, 1 Corinthians chapter 11. This chapter, 
I don't know how to say it. I just remember surviving it. Again, we've got to get t-shirts, and maybe we get a t-shirt. I survived 1 Corinthians chapter 11. It gives every pastor and teacher of God's Word, I mean chills up and down their spine, and rightfully so. Because in that chapter, the Apostle Paul is rebuking them in the strongest of terms, in love of course. If it wasn't love, why bother? Uh, it's why we have, I mean, if, think about this. If, if God didn't love us, why would He bother warning us? Yeah, I want you to be devoured and destroyed and divided, so go ahead. No, I love you so much. I can't stand to see this happen to you unnecessarily. So I want to caution you and warn you and rebuke you and correct you. Because you keep going down this path, it, it will lead to destruction. So here's what was happening, and this is what 1 Corinthians 11 is about. So they were having these love feasts, as they were referred to, where all the church would come together. After the teaching of the Word, they would break bread together. And it was also the communion, where they would celebrate and commemorate the body of Christ, the bread and the cup. And it was also the time when they would have their meals. And they would drink, and apparently, it's there in the chapter, you can read it when you get home, if you dare. <laughs> but basically they were getting drunk, so this was apparently fermented wine. They were getting drunk at these suppers, these feasts. And the Apostle Paul says to them, do that at home. Don't you have homes to eat and get drunk in? They were gluttonous drunks at church to the exclusion of their brothers and sisters in Christ. One said it like this, and at first, when I first heard this many, many years ago now, I thought, man, that, that's, that's maybe taken a little bit too far. But then I started thinking about it, and it makes sense. He said they were maiming the body of Christ. I know that's pretty strong. But wait a minute, they're part of the body and you've cut them off. That's called maiming, isn't it? And that's what they were doing. So he writes, verses 17 and 18, the whole chapter is just, wow, for lack of a better word. But he says in the following directives, I have no praise for you. For your meetings do more harm than good. Could you imagine that? When you get together as a church body, it's, you're doing more harm than you are good. I don't want to go to that church. Are you kidding me? And then he says, in the first place, in other words, there were several things going on here. But he says, in the first place, I hear that when you come together as a church, there are divisions among you, and to some extent I believe it. And then he goes on in the context of what he's writing here. By the way, have you wondered why auntie and uncle got so sick and were put on a bed of suffering? Do you wonder why brother so-and-so, sister so-and-so actually died recently? This is why. This is why. Now hear me out please, and I want to end on a good note. <laughs> and it is a good note, but 
God took them home early because they posed a threat to his body. So they were met with their, they're still in heaven. It's kind of like what we do, you'll forgive my use of the illustration of cancer again. What do you do with cancer? You got to get it out of there before it kills the whole body and spreads. And that's why they were dying. God was taking them home because He was so protective of the body. I had to, I had to take them out, take them home, cut out the cancer, remove the threat. That's what was happening in this church. All because in the divisions and the strivings and the abusing of the body of Christ, not discerning the body of Christ, maiming the body of Christ, they posed a formidable threat to the body. And the Lord, you know, I'm sure there were many warnings along the way. God is faithful that way. Wouldn't you agree? But they did not heed the warnings. First they would get sick, apparently. And that's just, please hear me on this. When someone gets sick or dies, it is not God's judgment. We live in a fallen world. But in this case, in this specific context, it was God's judgment. So how's God going to get their attention? You're a threat to my body, so I'm going to put you on a bed of suffering. And if you still don't repent and start discerning the body, I have to take you home, because you're a threat to my body. That's pretty serious, isn't it? Uh, Real quick, and then I'll, I just want to share with you personally, from my heart. On the mainland, there was an individual in the church that I mean, verse 17 of Hebrews 13, I think was written for this individual. They just didn't know it. They were such a burden. They were causing so, she was causing so many problems. And the destruction to that body of believers was, was, it was horrible. It was just horrible. Well, God took her home in a freak accident, prematurely. And she has survived cancer. Apparently on a sick bed of cancer, she still didn't repent. And so God, to protect his body, took her home. We'll see her in heaven, but that's what was happening here. Okay, well, now that I've got your attention, I want to just say that this sermon I just preached, praise the Lord, because it is not a sermon that would need to be preached to this body of believers. Can I just tell you, first, thank you. You make the pastorate a joy. And the Lord knows my heart when I say that. And very few pastors can actually say that. You make the pastorate such a joy. And over the years, and it's been now 
we started a Bible study in 2004. We're 2022. What is that? Somebody help me out here. Eight, uh, 18 years? 17 years? Uh, 18 years, right? <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> a lot of years ago, <laughs> over the years, we have not had one church split. Not one church split. This church is the real deal. You are so loving. You are a model church. You're a Hebrews thirteen seventeen church in the sense that you are a joy. You make my job a joy. And I just want to say thank you. You know, I love it when somebody visits here, which we haven't had as many as we used to. Man, there was a time before all of this when we had so many people visiting really from all over the uttermost parts of the earth. And they would come to me and say to me, man, your people are so loving. And I would have the honor and privilege of responding to them. And I would always say, and I've said this, and I mean this, and again, the Lord knows my heart, if I was not the pastor of this church, this is where I would go to church. I love you guys. You guys are the real deal, man. Somebody walks through that door, you love on them, you welcome them. Doesn't matter who they are. The little toe on the body of Christ walks in the front door. <laughs> you embrace them. You welcome them. You love on them. You encourage them. You pray for them. I love that. I love that. I love you. And I thank you so much. God has blessed this church, hasn't He? God has protected this church over the years, hasn't He? Anyway, maybe I'm being partial. I probably am. Yeah. I'm going to say it. This is the best church in the world. No, it really is. And I get to be the pastor of it. <laughs> when I get to heaven, you know that long line I was telling you about? I'm going to get up there and they're going to go, oh, you know who that is? Who? That's the guy that pastored the best church in the whole world. Okay, why don't you stand? We'll have the worship team come up. Told you I wanted to end on a good note. <laughs> I hope that. <laughs> oh Lord, thank you so much. Thank you for this, your church, these, your people. From my heart, Lord, to yours, I, I cannot thank you enough for the privilege that is mine to be the pastor of this church. Lord, thank you. Thank you for this church body. When someone in this church is hurting, man, the whole body is right there. Thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you so much. Lord, I pray between now and the rapture that you, as only you can and always have, would continue to protect this, your church, from anything that would cause division or pose a threat or harm or danger to this precious, precious body of believers. Lord, thank you. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. 
You've been listening to another edition of In Spirit and Truth. Thanks for tuning in to study the Word of God. As you continue to learn from the book of Hebrews with Pastor J.D., don't discount the things you're hearing. God may be speaking to you individually today through Scripture. We encourage you to keep reading on your own, too, to further understand what you've heard on today's broadcast. If you're not already part of a local church that you call home, we encourage you to find one and attend regularly. This only helps you to grow in your relationship with God and others. If you don't have a church home, come be a part of ours. You'll find all the information you need, including service times and directions, to Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on our website, calvarychapelkaneohe.com. While you're there, you can also access more of Pastor J.D.'s teachings like you heard today, including his weekly prophecy updates. In addition to that, you may be interested in the ABCs of Salvation under the Resources tab. This is a simple guide to understanding the good news of salvation in Jesus. As we continue to learn from the book of Hebrews together, we'd be honored to pray for you during this study. Would you let us know what those prayer requests might be? Just fill out the contact form under the About tab at calvarychapelkaneohe.com or come find us on social media. There are links to our Twitter and Instagram pages on our website calvarychapelkaneohe.com That's all we have time for today but thanks for listening to this edition of In Spirit and Truth. Oh,